Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, your boy, the number one fuck boy. Your number one fuck boy. The fuck boy. Yeah! Coming at you live from High and Mighty Studios. It's me, John Gabris. I'm here in the studio with Esther Koo, comedian and piercing laugher, as we just described before we started recording. <laughs> Don't get offended. It's a compliment. Um, you have a wonderful laugh. I don't get offended if it's coming from you. <laughs> right. But other people, I might get offended. Now, yeah, don't tweet and say, like, your laugh annoyed me during this podcast. That doesn't help anyone's situation. Yeah, I get enough of those tweets. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I get tweets that are like, hey, man, the levels kind of sucked on this episode of your podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can't fix it now. You're still new to this. <laughs> yeah, it's coming around. You you've mastered it. Esther Koo, host of Koo in the Gang, a podcast oh. I was on. <laughs> I'm still learning. We're all still learning. Yeah. Um, Esther, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Oh, please. Yes. Uh, we're going to just go through uh, some quick reviews of High and Mighty, the podcast, before we get into our topic today. That is so fun. All right. Hold on. Let me get Arthur. Arthur, get down. Get over here. Artie is aggressively licking Esther, and uh, I'm getting jealous. So I have a both, a both of them. <laughs> So I gotta toss my dog out for the for a uh -huh. hot minute. Um, so Esther, I, I don't know. I kind of told you this off air, but for for anyone who's listening for the first time, if you rate me five stars on iTunes and roast me in the comments, I will read them. For example, Jushu wrote, "Definitely high, sort of mighty." If you love hearing some fatso tell you how funny he is, this is the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not just any fatso. Gay Bruce is easily top five funniest people alive. Funny in the bones. Sincerely, thank you. Ooh, I actually snuck a compliment in there. Wow. wow. This is from Yatara C. Each episode of High and Mighty leaves me feeling endless amounts of pity for the show's host. No one hates John Gabris more than John Gabris. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. 
Oh, here, like, I like when they really go after how fat I am. I really like, this is from Mr. Mongolia 2003. I really like this podcast, although having seen John Gabris's disgusting body, I can't imagine it'll be around for very long. I worry about him. Oh, wow. <laughs> These are like love notes that they write you. Yes. There's something so maybe it just should I should just take these as compliments that people feel. How many this. how many fat comments will it take for you to go on a diet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. That's the question of the ages. Um, the the answer is a lot because <laughs> I have been being called fat my whole life. <laughs> I'm I am recently trying to start a diet. I'm going to the doctors next week. Oh, my really? First time getting a physical in a while, and I'm worried that I'm gonna. They're gonna be like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> You've been driving you around with four flat tires and no fucking battery. Get your shit together." Yeah, I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be a doctor to know. Yeah, that I any get... layperson can just. You, <laughs> you don't can just need... eyeball that. Yeah, on me. <laughs> you don't even need to take one biology course. We can we can see that. That's not what humans that's are supposed just, to look like. <laughs> that's just obvious to the naked eye. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll put my clothes back on. Thank you for your astute uh, description. <laughs> um, all right, and here's last one from Hurricane Cleave. Forget everything you know about structure, themes, or any other stuff that makes a good podcast and listen to Gabriel sound more energetic, doing nothing than he ever will actually being physically active. Shouldn't work. Don't know why it does, but it does. Oh, well, thank you, Hurricane Cleave. I'll, you know hear only what i want to hear and that sounds like a compliment <laughs> um oh, soak them in soak them in yes it's so esther let's talk let's talk about you now enough about me i'll be they know all about you i'll be injecting myself into every waking moment of this podcast because if it's not what the fuck am i even doing here right <laughs> yeah we know that so but let's switch the focus to me let's talk about you a little bit here um sp speaking of hearing shit online um these comments are mean but i can't imagine how much harder it is for women because it's all young scumbag dudes who are doing these comments it must be the shit they say to girls must be absolutely terrifying um i mean or it's like a little too complimentary yeah i you know people are very nice online when writing like reviews or like they aren't they are they are yeah People are really nice. I think people are just really extreme. So it's either like Esther Koo is my spirit animal. I live for this. I live for this. Right. Or it's like someone needs to fuck start her head, you know, or some shit like that. <laughs> Something like overly sexually aggressive. Or you get mostly nice comments. I I mean, like my my followers are really nice, I think. Like oh. I only have a couple bad apples, you know, <laughs> like if I say somebody about something, say something about somebody on my podcast or like my Periscope and people go after them on Twitter. Like, I don't like that. Oh, right. right. You know, unless it's so funny. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> right. But if they're just being mean, I'm like, that just makes me look bad. Right. Also, there, there's a great, there's the comedian's argument right there. Everything goes away if it's really funny. Like, you can't get mad. You can't get upset about it. If it's really funny, it just, that trumps everything. Yes. You're allowed, it, it becomes immune. <laughs> like, you can't get mad at it. But I don't want to ever make it look like I'm like, hey, I'm starting a Twitter war with Bobby Lee. And then, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, go get him. Because I think I did, um dab on some wax before and i did that 
<laughs> so you uh so the the time you dabbed you went out of control on social media you kind of got out of your yeah i had lane. this wax pen that i was just trying out and i was like i was like what somebody go, oh because bobby lee talked about me on his podcast <laughs> and <laughs> so i was bitching about that on my periscope <laughs> and then but i had just dabbed and people were like I think you need to check yourself to like a hospital. <laughs> like, yeah, like people contacted my sister and my sister called me and was like, what are you doing? Somebody. You were like just that visibly stoned on the podcast that people got on your Periscope that people got worried. By the way, this is a very modern. I was just super hyper. Like I looked manic. That's a very modern fucking situation. I was bitching about someone on Periscope about what they said about me on podcasting and people were concerned for my health. Yeah. That's pretty wild. That's like a modern, uh, like a modern dramatic, like a fable. Yeah, right. The, these it's are like all new stories. Learned. These yeah. are all like new scenes and movies that we're going to see. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> there it hasn't gets, been that yet. It gets more boring to shoot movies nowadays because now everything's like, oh, get a close-up on that iPhone right. or a close-up on that computer screen. Yeah. And you're just... And it's like, fuck, I look at my phone and my computer screen all day long. I don't yeah, you don't want to watch it. it. I'm watching this movie on my computer screen. Or some mo <laughs> some movies have those things, those blurbs that like show the text message. Yeah. And I don't like that. I like just like a traditional movie. You mean like without where they those, pop up? Yeah, without those special like... Yeah, like I think the Mindy Project did that uh, when they first came out too, where you like the texts appear on screen. And yeah, like, I would never like, have that on my show. Let's never. Let's make a promise, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you too. That's, uh, uh, I think in our pilot, I just did a pilot, waiting to see, uh, spoiler alert, waiting to hear back. And uh, <coughs> I'm trying to remember what we did text-wise, but I think we were good. I think we showed the phone. Yeah, it's yeah. better to show the phone and just do a super close-up on the phone. Right. An ECU because that's just that's you know when you're watching a movie you're just hypnotized you're like in the state of zen you're immersing yourself in these people's world right. and so if you interrupt it with like a text message alert and make it look like the TV's my phone right. stop that yeah you don't want to be that you don't want to be uh, reminded of the reality of that you got your suspension yeah. of disbelief going on you want to be there. Steven Spielberg listens to your podcast, right? I think we're yeah, yeah, we're pitching this to Spielberg. Yeah, just in right? case he ever like thought about putting those text blurbs on the screen. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that, but one of the guys who said that I'm so fat, I'm gonna die soon. That actually was Steven Spielberg. Oh, I because he said like uh, his name is I love Super Eight ninety six, so I know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> although unless it says I love Super eighty nine six. Uh, oh, too high to sort out that bad. <laughs> so Esther, I want to have you on the podcast to. Uh, Sometimes I have people on that I'm very curious about. We have something in common that we want to talk about. Or sometimes they they know something I don't know and I want to discuss that with them. And I previously had on a couple of Jewish friends to talk to me about Judaism and answer some questions because it's just something I've never really been part of. I've also never really been Asian. So I thought... What? I swear. <laughs> I thought like... I know I'm hairless. Six or seven years ago. <laughs> there was one year when I was... You got so high, you had a chinky face. <laughs> I was so high, and that was my those were the kimono days. So I see why people <laughs> thought... I was just wearing it for comfort, but a lot of people thought I was adopting and uh, appropriating some culture. But uh, So I wanted to talk to you... Uh, we, can't, I, we, we know each other from the, the Guy Code, Girl Code universe and Wild Out. But I oh, saw that's it. where I know you from. <laughs> the most stonery <laughs> conversation. I knew we were on stage. Oh yeah, somewhere. You, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> I thought you were just some dude I went to high school with. Shit. 
I'm sure you went to a dude. I went a dude like me was in every high school in America. The fat guy wore flip flops year round and like now there's like there's like half the dudes in high school are like you. Yeah, everyone's just fat. Yeah, (laughs) in middle school even, (laughs) right? Yeah. Oh, I was the I was this kid in middle school. I wore like my air walks and my bathing suit to school and i thought i was like such a little party animal i wanted to be van wilder from the time i was like 11 oh my god but again enough about me talk to me about growing up asian korean right yes specifically yes both parents are korean is that is that what that means (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah both of my parents are korean are they first generation and i'm not even positive what the definition of those phrases are you know it is confusing because some people call me first generation because you're the first of your family's line to to be be born born in in the united states yeah that makes sense um but some people say i'm second generation that my parents are the first generation what do you think I think I'm second generation. I think you're second generation because it seems like you're the first generation in America. You came here. You're starting. You're starting up the coup line here in America. Yeah. Where, so so your, your parents came from Korea to the States. My parents moved here from Korea to the to Chicago. Okay. Is and there a big Korean? I mean, I know there's like a Korean community in every major city, but is there a big one in? Yeah, there's Chicago? a big one in Chicago. They yeah. have their own Koreatown. Yeah. And all the Koreans have the same doctor and the same eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Koreans. It's they like, go to a Korean yeah, doctor. Yeah, like Dr. Pooh was everybody's doctor. Like all the Koreans went to Dr. Pooh. That must have been so fun as a kid. <laughs> or was yeah. it? Is it different if you uh, did? So you did you grow up in Koreatown in uh, Chicago? You know what? I grew up in Rogers Park. What's that? Where there were a lot of Koreans, but there were also Hasidic Jews. There were Irish people. There were Italians, you know? So So you went to a more diverse part of Chicago. Yeah. So my so my like kindergarten was super diverse. There was everybody. Right. Um, And then uh, and then we moved out to River Grove. This is also in Illinois. In Illinois. Yeah. Okay. And that was like a. Uh, an all-white all Mexican suburb. Okay. But it was right by O'Hare. What did your uh, What did your uh, family do? What did your parents do for a living? Well, the reason why they got into this country, my mom was a nurse, and okay. there was a shortage of nurses. My mom's a nurse, too. I know. Oh. Yeah, so... You don't remember where you met me, but you know that my mom's a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> always gave my mom a bag of clothes from like <laughs> her kids when they like grew out of their clothes and gave it to my mom yeah and except for mine no one in a korean family is my size <laughs> <laughs> they're like we can make this into a tent <laughs> so i'm sorry i interrupted so your mom was a nurse so, so my mom was a nurse so that's how they got into this country oh, okay, legally cool. back then yes um i don't i doubt we have a shortage of nurses now I think they're, they're, it's still a sought-after job. My brother is also a nurse. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just lying. <laughs> so so my dad just kind of like rode her coattails. Yes. <laughs> and was just like, oh, I'm getting this free ride. So my dad was like, oh, he's unemployed. <laughs> and he would like, he would go to, um, he would get a job at a paper company. And he like was in a paper factory. Oh, okay. So he was just looking for work. He was just taking he was just, work. He, he yeah. was like you, basically. I'm surprised he didn't get fat, right? <laughs> so then he, after the paper company, he got laid off or something. And then my mom was like, make sure you get the benefits. 
right, of unemployment. Because in Korea, they don't have that probably. Right. It's like Korea was such a underdeveloped country compared to here back then. Yes. But now they have better toilets and they make the best cell phones and everything now. Right. It's um, And is there which part of Korea are you guys from? I mean, it doesn't even matter because back then it wasn't like. Right. Yeah. Back then, back then, the toilets were holes in the ground. Right. And so there was no like North Korea. So it was like we're dealing with all kinds of problems here. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, they had gone through the war not that long ago so it was still under development and people were really depressed and i think that's why koreans cling to jesus so much because they're depressed from the korean war and it was really a traumatic experience for the whole north and south korea to go through the war that what else it's like like our whole lives are you know ruined i'm never gonna see my sister again and the gates are locked and it's just terrifying it's just traumatic and just these families are just torn apart right so once like christianity arrived in korea koreans went fucking crazy that's uh, they overdosed on christianity that's prime for religion if your life has been shit for a while and you just want to answer tragedy, you yeah. just want to like look for something that so makes christianity sense of all of it came to korea i don't know how christianity got to korea probably right, that's what I'm, I'm curious about yeah Probably Third. some dude like you, but maybe skinnier. Yeah. <laughs> you mean just with a beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it just because I'm so so big that if I came to Korea, people would be like, maybe we should listen to him. He's like a giant. He's like a Buddha. <laughs> yeah. We know this figure. Rub belly. So. Oh, man, that would be such a cool trip. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling around having my belly rubbed by strangers that I, don't, I can't speak the same language as. Well, but they know a lot of English now. Right. Koreans in South Korea, they all like learn english because you know entertainment is exported out of here so right. they want to and they are big media ingesters yeah in they are and there's a lot of content coming out of there too right like is, is old there... boy was from there old boy i love great movie i love that movie so that means the whole trilogy whatever sympathy for mr happiness which is like old boy and uh, two other movies mr vengeance for mr sympathy i'm too high to sort this out right Ve- there is one with vengeance <laughs> yes yeah. But yeah, uh, whatever. Um, so did you speak Korean and English in your home growing up? I did. I yeah. started speaking Korean. Right. Because there was just the community that your family was living in was Korean, like mostly Korean. Yeah. Though, because like my parents just spoke Korean yeah. and we just spoke Korean, although they were learning English. Right, because I was about to say your mom would have to try to learn English for nursing, at least nursing English, right? Yeah, no, my yeah. parent, my parents. Actually, I'm surprised. Like I'm racist against my parents. <laughs> You're racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always surprised when they do like American things. That's a very complicated statement, but I want to <laughs> unpack it a little bit. You're racist against your parents because when they do like American things, you assume that they're not going to be good at it. Like you, like you assume they're never going to learn English, these Koreans. And then they do. And you're like, God damn Koreans. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Like my parents like read the newspaper in English. I don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they read like, like they subscribe to Time magazine. Oh. And like I would always be reading Time magazine growing up. Oh, okay, so they you learned English from them too, and then I would assume like at school and with friends and. So- yeah, well, I learned my first language was Korean. Right. And then once I went to kindergarten, it switched to English. 
And was that crazy for you? I'm so curious. You know, I don't really remember. You're so young and you just soak everything in. I bet that like whatever your surroundings are, when you're five, you just adapt to those surroundings super easily, like fluidly, I think. Well, I'm just thinking because I remember going to my first day of kindergarten, sort of, and I just have a feeling of like nervousness of like, what is this going to be? I have no idea what this is like. I don't know how to interact with other people. And if I also had a language barrier i think i would that would be so like such a intense feeling for a child no i wasn't worried about the language i don't remember being worried about about language at all i don't think that's an anxiety that five-year-olds get yeah i guess so you might get that when you're 13 and you might be all like insecure like oh i'm going to a new school and i know the don't know the language they speak (laughs) but when you're five it's like like, you know yeah how can that i just can't wait to take a nap (laughs) your brain's not even formed yet to even feel anxiety over that i was more worried about like getting pregnant (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) uh i was I was turning my argument towards you here, and then you kind of went off the rails with that. At at five, you weren't worried about not speaking English. You're worried about becoming pregnant. Yeah, because my mom had five kids, so I saw her pregnant, and I saw her in pain. Oh, so you just you didn't fully understand how to get to pregnancy. You just didn't want to get pregnant. I just yeah, I didn't want to get. It wasn't like you were like. I'm five. I'm using condoms. It was more like, <laughs> I know when time comes, I'm going to use condoms. It was more like, I don't want to get that. Don't not fully understanding what it was, but you just like, no, I, can that happen I to went me? to kindergarten furious that women have to bear children and men just take it easy and don't have to do shit. I was furious. I wanted to like change into a girl, a boy. Cause I was like, this is so unfair. My mom is like in pain carrying my little brother in her belly. And my dad doesn't feel any pain. I don't want to be a girl. I just want to be a boy. That's so, well, at least after that moment, things are equal for men and women from here on out. Right? Yeah. Things are just so. It turns out that's the only injustice women have to deal with in life is the pregnancy <laughs> thing. It's not systematic misogyny keeping. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God it ends. Um. So you have four siblings. Yeah, I have four siblings. And um, what are what do they all do? I'm just curious. Do, um, are they all scattered around the country doing all different sorts of things or they, they stick around? Um, yeah, they, they run the gamut. Yeah. They're from the, so you're a Florida based comedian. Yes. Miami, Florida, not, yep. not gross Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the Latino part. <laughs> we are in the tip of Florida. It's all the way at the bottom. When Trump becomes president, he would chop it off. <laughs> and it will become part of Cuba. We give it back to Cuba. <laughs> Are you just repeating what you're hearing in these in the cafe when you're rollerblading around Miami? <laughs> <laughs> when you How'd swing you know? by to get a banana smoothie in the morning? <laughs> I am an avid rollerblader. How'd you know? Are you? Yeah. I don't know. You're I don't know. You put off nineties vibes in a way. <laughs> <laughs> You are wearing like overalls and a like uh, a cut off like T-shirt right now, <laughs> sort of selling 90s like uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl chic. Because <laughs> the 90s were the good old days. They were. <laughs> back when America was great. <laughs> we got to get back to when Nirvana was on top, not this chance. The when, rapper. When the, when the Animaniacs were on TV. When they were when living you got in the WB Tower. When there's Yakko Wacko. Yakko packs away the snacks. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Pinky and the Brain to rule the universe. Oh, Pinky and the Brain. Is that so? I, I want to know. What, we just okay, got so my siblings. By cartoons. Well, I want to see like, what are the like? What was growing up Korean like? Did was was there anything culturally like that you would know that would be? You, you knew your household was different than once you met some other American families and you're like, oh, you guys do this, we do blank. Like, what were some of the things that were uniquely Korean about your upbringing? Or was it not that? Was it... You know, it was hard to pinpoint, like, things that I would, like, get mad about. Like, hey, how come we don't have birthday parties? And, and is that just not a Korean And I just tradition? thought it's because we're Korean. So I was like, I hate Koreans. <laughs> and then I would, like, meet other Koreans and they're like... My parents throw me birthday parties, and I was like, what? And you found out it's just your parents? <laughs> yeah, then I find out it's just my family, and I'm like, man, I got to stop blaming all Koreans for, like, my parents. That's really funny. You, like, learned uh, to to drop, like, racial racial bias from your own parents, whereas some people, like, are the, don't have, like, a neighbor. It's like, my, my Puerto Rican neighbor does this. This is what I think all Puerto Ricans do. You had to, like, learn... <laughs> To not have prejudice against your own parents. Yeah, I'm still learning, trying to. Right, because every <laughs> so so everything that's really funny that would be like chalking everything up to your parents. Like if you had gay parents, if you were raised by two dads, everything that they did wrong or that you you would blame you, you'd on be being like, gay. oh, this is what gay people. I hate gay people. Gay people never let you have sleepovers on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> And then you grow up to meet other gays, and they're like, no. And she's like, oh, I, I just attributed that to gay people. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so what So what were, were there anything that you were like, did you, is there any Korean customs that you uh, did up until for a long time or still do? Um, yeah, a lot. It's like inside you. Right. Right? It's hard to get out of like korean cultures they really are such a machismo culture yes and it's like you got to be strong and put on a strong face and like being vulnerable is a sign of weakness so don't show your bitch ass face crying in public ever oh yeah so they they is that where like the like the because some of the stereotypes i know about koreans are like work hard stick together you know, and like succeed, which is that kind of uh, for Asians overall, like that's kind of a, a, an Asian American stereotype of like they work super hard. They look out for each other and they're the best at the or they actively pursue. And that's why they're the most miserable race on the planet. <laughs> OK, <laughs> <laughs> because there is such a high because like the standards are just so fucking high. Right. And you're just like, dude, chill out. If I don't get uh, all straight A's like. The, the world will still go on. Like, somebody will still hire me. Like, don't act like this fucking bee is going to ruin my fucking life. Where do you think that comes from? I, I know that... Look, so just as a blanket statement, as we always say, no one is uh, claiming to be an expert on our show. So don't feel like you have to quote us. Uh, we're, I we're, am. Yeah, I mean, you are an expert. You are at least an expert on being Korean. You have a number of ex a number of years' experience. Um, uh but I was. Where do you think that comes from in in Korean culture? What where where does the like the high bar for success or the uh, high standards come from? Um, I don't know. It just it's it's just like it's so competitive. I think it's because everybody looks alike, so you have to like do something to stand out. You got to stand out on paper with your test scores. Oh wow! So it's like <laughs> uh, that tall that. Uh, 
that thin, uh, dark-haired uh, gal over there with uh, the great skin. Yeah, her. There's like 50 of them. Which one are you talking about? The one who has the highest SAT score. Ima- yes. Yeah. Imagine if every American looked like you, John Gabris. Yes. Okay. Oh, poor America. So you guys would have to differentiate yourselves somehow. How would you do it? Oh, right. I don't know. I guess I would try would to have be the to best, do right? With or aptitude. What? Yeah. And by, intelligence. By becoming the best cello player or the best doctor or the best, um, you know, marksman or uh free diver i'm just picking some real random jobs here started sort of on asian stereotypes and then lost the the pattern halfway through (laughs) um is there a lot of this is i i I feel like every question i ask i'm walking into some sort of like accidental ethnocentric white supremacist trap but is there amongst asian uh subcultures like between the japanese chinese and korean is there like an a general attitude that like do you know like you hear like, oh yeah, every everyone wants makes fun of the Mexicans in the Latino community or something. You hear shit like that. Is there anything in, like is Kore- are Koreans like, please don't get us confused with Japanese people because we are, you know. Yeah, well, the Japanese are kind of a sore spot for Koreans because the Japanese like raped and pillaged Korea and like forced Koreans to take on Japanese names. Oh, and shit. if you found if you were found out that you were Korean in Japan, they would like, you know do that that shit to you oh geez yeah so uh so a lot of koreans like a lot of first generation koreans don't like japanese people right i'm second generation so i don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) you're over it by now yeah (laughs) it doesn't really bother me so much so uh i have japanese friends if i meet a cool japanese person right exactly you know but like it's not like i'm gonna be closed-minded but a lot of koreans have this stereotype that they um, they don't really like to, they like to stick to their own kind. And I don't like that. That's a stereotype about Koreans? Yeah, like they, they're very nationalistic. Is that what you say? Yeah. 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 That, that's... They have a lot of, they take a lot of pride in their culture. And I'm just like, well, what if you were born something else? Like, would you still be, you know, holding right. up the Korean flag and shit? Like, yeah, because that, now that's where the second generation is complicated because it is... You have that strong feel of Korean culture coming from your parents and uh, and your community that is, and then you are born in America. Yeah, and all of like you are. And I was like so pissed off that like, why are you guys living by Korean laws in our house? We live in America now, and my and I was the first one in my family born in the states. My older brother was born in Korea, and oh. then my parents moved. Okay. So I always held it against him. I said, well, you were born in Korea. I was born in America. Those rules don't apply to me, bitch. Oh, so <laughs> this is very cu- I'm very yeah. curious. What, what were some of these rules that are just like, or the Korean standard? Like the like- Korean rule, in Korean culture, is the firstborn, they get everything. And the firstborn is like your holy son, untouchable, like he can do no wrong. And... The rest are just like, whatever. So that's like the, this is the, he will bring, he will continue the family. Yes. He is. And and my parents were ecstatic that the firstborn was a guy. That's big too. That's like big. That's like, phew, okay, my balls still have some testosterone in them. Oh, right. And then now my my name and my seed, the coup name will go on. We'll, we'll continue. Thank God the first. And so when I was born, my dad was pissed that I was a girl. He oh. walked out of the hospital room and was like pissed off because it's it's like a sign of weakness of your sperm that you're 
give birth to girls. Man, that is uh, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know years later. You know, like, so yeah. he, he just wished that I was a guy. And when I was, and he probably wished that so much. When I was five, I wished I was a guy. I'm surprised right. I'm not transgender. Right. Because... Uh, because when you were five, that's even when you said you want uh, you were scared of being pregnant. You were, yes, I yeah. wanted to turn into a boy, so I like started praying to God to turn me into a boy. <sighs> that is so complicated. But then I went to kindergarten, and I was like, "Well, if they if I go to kindergarten as a girl and then show up next week as a boy, what if God answers my prayer next week and I show up to kindergarten as a boy? They're gonna be all like, what? So I decided not to do it. I stopped praying to be a boy. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet and cute and sad at the same time. <laughs> oh, that like breaks my heart, but also makes my heart grow at the same time. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, really? And it's so complicated in a it's weird so for such a for such right? a child. Yeah. And also, like, I would always see. There's my... like, your, by the way, there's like, based on what you're telling me, there's like a real Korean pragmatism to, well, if I'm a girl the first week and a guy the second week, it's just going to be like difficult. And I, I, I want to be just make sure I'm working hard. You know, like, it's just like, it seems so like for a five year old to have that discourse of like, it'll be what a waste of seven days living as a girl if I switch to a boy. <laughs> I'll have to restart over, learn everything. That's crazy. And you weren't even learned. You were fluent in English yet. And you're already like, that's like, I was like where pissed starting. off. Yeah. That's so great. I just remember that. So uh, how is your brother doing now? Is he like, is he still reaping the benefits of being a Korean firstborn? Like, is it like, well, you don't have to be too specific if you don't want to talk about, I know it's a private thing, but I'm just curious if he's like still louded off. After well, no, the problem with Korean culture is that, they just give so much emphasis to the boys in the family. It's almost as if the firstborn has more power than the mom. Wow. They become like the second man. Yeah. They become the second they man become, of the house. They become the man of the house when my dad's not home. So my dad worked, eventually found a job at the post office. And he worked night shift at the post office. So he would leave at like 730 at night. And when my dad left for work, like all hell just broke loose because my brother was the man of the house and he was just so it was just so violent in our house like koreans are like one of the top races of underrated uh, underreported domestic violence wow yeah and is that because because of, of like the whole the, stupid korean I mean, pride like don't let them know that we're weak and right. don't, don't, it's like it's like and almost it sounds shameful. like also rampant misogyny. Yes, if a battered housewife goes to get help from a non-Korean you know, person, from a non-Korean person, it's like you're bringing shame to the culture, and it's just like fuck that. And if how you're convenient, for yeah, a, a battered wife, yeah. fucking get out of that situation because guess what? It's not going to be good for your kids either. Right. So. So and and is that because the women are so subjugated? I mean, upon the birth of a child, having a woman be surpassed in authority by a child is uh, terrible. That's yeah. a terrible plan. Yeah. I mean, some parents are like we they are so against spoiling kids because they become assholes. If you make a kid like the house leader at birth, that's <laughs> like you're making Joffrey. You're like you're no, making. No, like, it a was tyrant. sheer chaos. Like yeah. my brother would just like be fighting with my mom because my brother would just copy my dad's behavior, which was which was aggressive and violent and yelling and slamming doors and stomping down the hallway, just like constantly angry, and it's like. 
yeah, I get it. You didn't want to have five kids, but you did because you thought the Lord told you to be fruitful and multiply. But man, don't take it out on us. Like fucking give us up for, you know, foster care or something. Yeah. Like this is fucking bullshit dealing with all of this anger in the house all the time. Oh, that's weird. So and and do you, do you know if that's uh, common in the culture? Like m more so that like, you know, there, there's got to be a higher rate of that. Or you think this is very specific to your family? It's no, it's, no, it's, it's very common. It's very common. It's very common, but like they don't want you to talk about it. Right. But it's like it's okay to show weakness. Like it's okay to go to a therapy, you know, go to a therapist, you right. know, like for the longest time they didn't have like even a therapy industry in Korea. Right. So it's like it was just so violent, you know, like it was just so difficult because at any moment violence could just break out. And there, and it was because it was man led. There was nothing you guys could do. Because to... the women had no power. Right. Your mom couldn't stop your younger brother from being like your younger brother could. Bo I mean, sorry, your brother could boss your mom around. Yeah, my brother would like pin her up against the wall. He would like throw plates at her. Jesus. There's like holes in the walls and shit. Like oh. it was like fucked up. That's crazy. Yeah, at, uh, and also just. That was not just Korean. You know, we've come along. At least it feels like we've come a long way in my hearing about I, I'm kind of, I come from like sort of white trash family. So there was no. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you say that my ponytail or my fucking the fact that I'm wearing cut off sweatpants in this interview. Um, uh, so there like you hear about that shit uh, still recently. I'm, I'm hoping that it's. Uh, not just culturally, but like as time goes on, it gets easier. Do you follow me here? Did I follow? Did I even make any sense there? I tried. Yeah, I'm saying you time. Would... Time is like we're getting. Everyone's getting better with time. Our Koreans, but also I'm I'm sure better. there are first generation Koreans who are going through what you know. Yeah, that shit right now. Right, right. And it's it's like so hush hush. Like I always felt like I had to keep it a secret. Like even though all the neighbors could hear. Yeah, they had to have heard like our houses were like eight feet away from each other. <laughs> it's Chicago. It's like a grid. Yeah. You know, and so I'm sure people heard. But like as soon as we step out of the house, everybody's like, hi, you know, like all friendly. Like, oh, do you want to come to uh, Sunday worship service on Sunday? Oh, Sunday. It's a beautiful day. And, you know, oh, we're going to play basketball kind of like, and uh, cook don't food. Ask, don't tell. We didn't see nothing. You know, yeah. Nothing to see. So here. That was that was the mentality back then. Oh, wow. Um. What was the reaction in your family when you uh, started doing comedy? Um, Were you still living? I didn't. Them? I didn't tell them. They found out through somebody. Yeah. That, all right. Cool. Let's let's get into this. A little bit. <laughs> That's very curious. I'm I'm very curious about this. So you didn't tell them for a reason what they think you were off trying to do, or did you have to? Uh, did you go to college and did you have to like? Yeah, I went to college, but um. But I didn't do comedy until after college. So did you have to like, were you like pre-med or something crazy in college? Like, were you forced into some intense? No, I wanted to study music because I played the oboe and I had like. That, this is a very solid Asian stereotype, right? Like mastering an instrument or something. I, I feel like the string instrument is, it always is classically. It is. Everybody plays violin. Yeah. Cello. Actually, I miss being in an orchestra. It was a lot of fun being in an orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I never did it. I, I did like band class in like fourth grade. That's it. I played. But I always like stuck out because I was oboe. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's only like I remember I joined like the Glenview Korean American Orchestra or something. <laughs> 
like my parents made me do but like i hated it and i was the only oboe player and they were so happy to find a korean oboe player oh, that's because so everybody yeah teaches you're like a unicorn like a korean oboe player that's such a specific those are two very small worlds they never <laughs> had an oboe player and oboes are so important in orchestra they have all the solos says the oboe player <laughs> <laughs> next week i'll have some other comedian here and telling me how important the fucking french horn was uh, i was best friends with the french horn player oh also korean, in, the korean indian orchestra. girl indian girl yeah but this wasn't in the korean orchestra that was no in your, that was that was, in, that was in a different village oh, yeah okay um so you went to school to study music and your parents assumed you were pursuing a career in music and then they find out you you start doing comedy and then how do they find out and, um, or, and why and why didn't you tell them um well because i just sort of had like cut off communication with them because they were being so absurd because my parents are missionaries okay. they like moved here with the purpose of like evangelizing college campuses around the whole country oh wow okay they had these like really lofty goals of like saving everybody oh by so your parents are also in addition to being first generation koreans very christian yes yeah, psycho oh, okay. psychopath christian uh you hear a lot of stereotypes about being raised in a very christian household or you hear a lot of uh, horror stories or not horror stories, but you hear a lot of intense stories. Then you hear a lot of intense stories about being a first generation immigrant in this country. And now you had the best of both worlds or worst of both <laughs> worlds, however you want to phrase it, yeah. hoisted upon you as a child. Yeah. So you you had cut off communication with them because they were being so religious or being proselytizing too well, much. Well, not that to I you. cut off communication. It just I just had nothing in common with them. I'm just like you guys are still you know wanting to evangelize everybody and live this life of Christianity, but when you see it from the inside, you see how hypocritical it is. Right. So you you you. You bounced against that uh, uh, religion. or And also, is that something else you chalked up to Koreans growing up? Where you're like, Korean people are so obsessed with God. I wish I wasn't Korean. And then you meet yes, other Christians. Yes, and then I met like, oh, other fuck. Koreans. And I'm like, oh, you guys aren't so hardcore like we were. Right. And then you meet other Christians. You're like, oh, shit, you are hardcore like I am, even though you are American. You're just, you're Irish Catholic and I'm fucking Korean Christian. Yeah, it's all confusing. I'm still trying to make sense of it, man. <laughs> How did I end up here? Why couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was their reaction to you uh, finding out you were a comedian and then also or f did they listen to your comedy? I'm very curious about now. I'm very curious. Well, I moved to Boston. I got a job selling pens in Boston, <laughs> so I was able to move out of Chicago. Oh, OK. Um, otherwise, is that where you started doing comedy was Boston? Or you started yeah, rolling. I started in Boston. You started in Boston. So I had this job, and um, so I drove this company car out from Chicago because the company is based in Bellwood, was based in Bellwood, Illinois. Oh, okay. And they they had a Sharpie factory there before they started moving the production to China. Oh. Yeah. So you went for an interview in Chicago. They're like, we have an opening in Boston. Um, they asked me what city I want to live in. Pick three cities. I said Boston, Atlanta, Chicago. And those are your three choices of like, and, I and got, did you know you wanted to start comedy at that point? Yeah, yeah, I knew I wanted to start comedy in Boston. Yeah. So it was my first choice. Oh, okay, cool. What made yeah. you want to go there? I read in 
a book that said like something like Boston boasts the best comedy scene in the country. And it was probably a book, a tourism book on Boston. Right. <laughs> but, but that's so funny. The kind of things that stick, stick in your head as a kid. Yeah, exactly. I'm right. like, I'm like, you know, 20, 19 years old. Yeah. Thinking. Or yeah. And maybe you heard that when you were even younger and it just registered in your and head. And it just registered. I mean, Boston has a huge, like so many great people have come out of Boston and came up. And Boston. I knew Conan was from Boston. So right. I just was like, I just believed it. I go, okay, well, I'm going to go to Boston for my training. Yeah. That's so fun. And so you were, how long were you there for? I was there for four years. And are your parents aware of your comedy at this point? Have they seen a clip online or something? Has, has like one of your siblings shown it? Is, is, are you getting any support from your uh, immediate family? No. No, because I had a job. I didn't need support. Right, right. But no one was like, you sh- you're, get after it, Esther. You're funny, you know? No, uh, well, my dad, actually growing up, my dad would always call me a comedian. Oh. Uh, because my little, what, like a wise ass, little, little yeah, wise, I, I was like that. a wise ass. Like my if my parents were like making out, uh, like when they weren't fighting, they would be like making out on e- uh, with each other on the piano bench. <laughs> That's very specific. And I would walk by and be like, "Get a room," <laughs> <laughs> like sitcom style. You were like a hack kid. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm glad you grew out of that. <laughs> Who says I have? <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I would always say, get a room. And uh, then they would have to take a break from making out to laugh. Yeah. And then my dad would be like, oh, she's such a comedian. <laughs> she's such a comedian. You know? Really <laughs> um, so, or I would do shit that's just like uncouth. Uh by the way, that should definitely be the title of an hour of yours. Uncouth? Yeah, but spelled K-U-T-H. Yes. <laughs> totally. Esther, uncouth. Thank you. Um, so what else happened? Oh, so uh, so you were you knew you were like you were like a, a little fresh, you were funny. Uh, you were a wise ass coming up. Yeah. That's a, that's, you hear that story a lot from uh, a lot of comedy people. That guy was the same way, just sort of like brash. I knew how to make adults laugh. I knew how to make like my, my friends. Yeah, laugh. I won the I won the Jim Carrey Award, like mm-hmm. at the senior awards night. And the Jim Carrey Award is being a funny white guy that's allowed to hang out with funny black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I loved In Living Color so much when I was young because when it came out, I was like living in like I was going to like an all black and Hispanic school, and I was like one of the few white kids. And I was also uh, very much into comedy, so I loved fucking uh, In Living Color because that's like all my friends watched it. But I also loved it even more because I was like, uh, I was like, Jim Carrey's like the one funny white guy that the black kids hang out with. Yeah, that's gonna that's be me. you. And then I would go later on, go on to do three seasons on the show Wild and Out. <laughs> oh my god, let's go to Jim Carrey's house. Let's go. Let's just knock on his door <laughs> and say, "Do you know what you did for us?" So, what was the Jim Carrey <laughs> Award that you won? Tell me more. It was, <laughs> I guess it was like uh you know person who like cracks i forget what it was titled it was you something like at school or at like camp or some shit it was at our high school banquet <laughs> like like yeah, the I, it's like a superlative it's like a um like a awards night oh or no it wasn't like a banquet it was probably more like a brunch buffet right. thing <laughs> and then everybody just gets these awards yeah, I, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about yeah that's fun so you got the jim carrey award yeah and, um and did you how how were your parents about your wise assness? Did they like it or did they like that is not a way a woman should act? 
uh, they were entertained by it, but then they were also like, "God, we're, she's never gonna get married, and oh. she's she's uh, nobody's gonna want to marry her because she's cause so you're... loud and obnoxious and rude and." You know, she brushes her teeth in the living room and, you know, like I was <laughs> just those like, disgusting I was just, like, I was just so wild to them. Right. So they always told and me. Was there any attitude? I'm sorry to interrupt. Was there any attitude from them that's like, this is our American daughter? Like she's so being so because like you're that sounds like a, like classically like an American youth. You were loud, brash. You did what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were, were your parents at all like. This this is what this is what happened because she she was raised in America or she was born in America. They didn't. Um, they tried to get me to be more Korean. Yes. Like my mom would try to get me to laugh quieter. Um, and, and clearly that worked. And they would be like, <laughs> like when I would laugh loudly, like they would be look at each other and just roll their eyes and call me Kijibe. What is that? I go, I go, Kijibe, Kijibe. It's like. I don't know. It's kind of like a rascal kid or something. Yeah. Okay, that's cute. Kijibe. Kijibe, but it it's not a nice term. Like, no, it's it, not it, a compliment. Yeah, it's like punk. It's a, yeah, like this fucking punk. You know. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, but by the way, another that's your second hour, Kijibe. <laughs> big no. hit, big hit in the international market. So. <laughs> And then you can have a catchphrase. You could do your dad's voice every time. You could be like, oh, Kichibe. <laughs> now I'm doing an offensive Asian accent to an Asian person. <laughs> I've gone too far. No. If it's good, I was if, trying. then that's talent. I was pursuing an actual accent. I wasn't mocking it, at least. That's the main so. point. <laughs> I was going for accuracy, not uh, comedy. <laughs> I ain't mad. Um, all right. <laughs> do your parents watch your comedy now? Um, yeah, they kind of stalk me online. And are they, do you see a little bit of pride in there? Because just the fact that they stalk you online, if they're not admonishing you, that that means that No, they... but then I have to, like, block them. I had to, like, block my mom on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Did she think that's, because you post some racy photos with, like, or with goofy captions and shit, which, I, <laughs> which I'm always a fan of for obvious, for all the reasons involved, that they're funny and... Um, it's you sitting on a hotel bed with your legs spread wide open, <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> saying like, "Do I have to flush if I just farted or something?" Some kind of <laughs> right, I like to balance it out. Right, you know? I know, that's, Say why I, that's why I think you're so. <laughs> it's such a funny conversation. I would, I would always like leave my leave my turds in the toilet, and I was all about saving the environment because I would read Time magazine. <laughs> And I would read about global warming and it's coming and we better recycle. And our school had a super recycling program. Like we won awards for our recycling program. And uh, and then I was always concerned about like water usage in our house. So you would leave floaters? And I'm like, you know, like don't flush pee. You can pile on pee and then flush like yeah. every four peas or whatever. The, the old, if it's yellow, let it mellow. Yes. If it's brown, flush And then I would down. leave my turds in there. <laughs> For somebody to discover, just like to show off, like how amazing my like turd came out. Well, that's something that uh, I I almost still do with my with some family member. (laughs) I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but yeah, I have some friends or or family members who we still every once in a while go take a look at this fucking dump I just took. That's nice. In my mid, I bet you guys are closer for it. I think we are. We, I'm obsessed. I mean, you have you talk about poop almost as much as I do. Like you're pretty obsessed with pooping. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right? Because don't you start off Koo in the gang with like a poop story? I love poo. I love poo. <laughs> when I poo, I'm the happiest. That's Dr. Poo. It's all from Dr. Poo. <laughs> oh, my God. Up. It's because I had Dr. Poo. Dr. Poo, by the way. There's your third <laughs> hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you do as a character, like Medea, but you're an old Asian doctor named Dr. Poo. Oh, you come, Dr. Poo, office. I fix you. You have leukemia. I fix you. Oh. It's great to hear, uh, like, uh, in someone doing an uh, offensive Asian accent that you can can laugh at. Yeah, where <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I'm allowed to because it's you doing it. Um, do you uh, do you know how they feel about your kind? You see what I'm trying to get at here? I'm very curious because, like, my mom doesn't oh. even really know what I do comedy wise. She doesn't understand. Right, a lot my of mom stuff. has seen me perform. And how does she feel about like some of your well, brash, one time I one time material? I did a sketch with her at Improv Boston in Boston what yeah I did a show of the Walsh Brothers show okay yeah on Thursday night and I was on the lineup and my mom was in town with my siblings and of course my dad didn't come because uh, he doesn't give a shit about girls <laughs> <laughs> he's like I gotta stay home and keep an eye out for the boys yeah so uh, so then my mom I planted my mom in the audience with a camera and I did a joke about how I hate Asians taking pictures or something. And then my mom, I, and then I like cued my mom to start taking pictures of me at that moment. <laughs> and so it just like, she became part of the act and I was like, stop, stop. And then she like came up on stage and was like, Oh, you take picture with us. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> shut up. She's like, you take this. My daughter, she do comedy. I do first time. And then like, you know, and I'm like, Oh God. And then I get mad and I like walked off stage. That's so funny. Oh, that's so support. Like that's supportive. That's great. <laughs> Unless your mom didn't know she was part of the sketch and was just genuinely trying to get pictures, you tricked her. In which case, that's rude. Right? Yeah. You know what? That. I actually collaborated with my brother too to do the talent show at our grade school. Uh huh. <laughs> and did you do something funny? I wrote. We wrote like a sketch, and I I wrote out like a a taekwondo sequence, like which, a taekwondo a, the Korean martial art. Yeah, a, I took taekwondo for five years growing up. Do you know how to spell one to ten? I mean, how to say it? Ich ni san shi go right. Each that's ni- karate, man. Oh, that's karate. That's then like I- Japanese. Oh, okay. Then maybe I don't Korean know. is hana dul set net nope, tasa yasa siete ocho nueve. <laughs> no, I got that. <laughs> that was definitely Spanish at the end. That I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what? Uh, what? What are? What are your hopes or your? What's your? What do you think about the future of the Korean people uh, or the Korean American? Like uh, we're wrapping it up here. What, what do you hope, or what do you hope to get across about Korean people? Or I think stereotype they, to I, shatter. I or? wish, I wish they would stop being so afraid of being vulnerable. Yeah, that could be said about um, a lot of previous generations, but it's even more hard and hardcore in the Korean. Yeah, community. because it's like they shame you if you if you cry. Like whenever I cried when I was a kid, I did it in my room by myself. I never cried in front of anybody. That's terrifying. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Yeah, and I just wish that they don't they don't have to be so. Not everything has to be so manly. Like I felt pressure for me to be manly because I have three brothers. Right. And so I always had to like outgross them out. That's why I'm so disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm one of three boys, too, and that's why I'm so disgusting. (laughs) Exactly. Yours makes sense. (laughs) But, like, even my my parents, they didn't, like, set me up on play dates with girls. It was always with boys. So I 
I've been roughhousing with boys since I was a baby. And now you're now you're all kinds of roughhousing. <laughs> yes. Now I use my words and put my fisk fisticuffs down. <laughs> Well, Esther, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty, dude. Um, I really appreciate it. And thanks for uh, enlightening me to some... What do you think about Koreans now? I've We're think- crazy, right? I But see, here's the thing for me. I'm like a special type of racist where I'm not really racist. I just judge. Like, I think... I think that, like, everyone's fucking crazy. Like, everyone's got problems. They're just different depending on who you are. Like, everyone... Yeah, if you were born something else, you would hate it too. Right, exactly. I mean, like, I, I was raised, like, as a Long Island kind of, like, white trash. And, you know, my mom is, like, super Italian and stuff like that. But I don't really have that much culture. But I still am... I still I still hate the fucking part, half of my upbringing. I hate half of the shit my dad did to me growing up. Clearly, I still have dad issues. And you reject it. Right. I reject it big time. And I go the exact opposite route. And uh, my dad was so uh, such a perfectionist that I am sloppy on purpose. Like, yes. Yeah, and it triggered just... your dick-sucking habit. Yeah. Now I can't stop getting my I don't know dick if you, sucked I don't know all if, the time. I turned it on you. If you revealed that to your audience yet. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I do... Spoiler. I think I, I think I said it on a previous episode, but I'll say it here. Esther revealed that I really do enjoy sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to end a podcast. <laughs> uh, Esther, where can people find you online? Uh, so follow, you should listen to your podcast, The Coup and the Gang. Coup and the Gang. It's a poop story and a conversation with uh, comedians and featuring Esther's amazing laugh and witty repartee. Oh, why thank you very much for the plug. And um, on Twitter, Esther Cuckoo. K-U-K-U. 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 E-S-T-H-E-R. Esther. Yeah. Uh, An old... lady old white lady name for a young hip but people think it's just white it's also i go to every country i go to everybody's like oh we have esther here yeah but isn't always older i mean the esters i know coming up recently the last 10 years or so were had both been asian you and the esther pock who used to work in wardrobe at mtv there's always asian esters is there did you have a korean name too i don't know how that works i'm sorry if that's offensive no <laughs> you're gonna ask me now um. <laughs> fair enough um uh no i don't have a korean name oh okay yeah so you were born esther yeah. yeah um cool and so follow follow you at esther cuckoo as always I'm at John Gabris, no H in John or Gabris. Um, buy yourself a high and mighty T-shirt. Rate me five stars and roast me in the comments. I will rape read him. it. Rape me. Rape him online. <laughs> Please. You could go to his website and rape him. There's yeah, a new video game. Yeah, go to Gabris.com he bends over. rape. And I, go, I bend over. And you, you got to click right on my G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's visible. <laughs> the male G-spot is real. I love sucking dick. I've said it all here. And uh, buy yourself a high and mighty T-shirt. Thanks for listening, shitheads. And thanks. Thanks for swinging by, Koo. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>